0: Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses, so any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks, and enjoy the show.
1: Chapter 7. Paul's Great Flapjack Griddle. Part 1. When Paul Bunyan arrived in the Dakotas, he was very much pleased over the prospects there of being able to set up a new logging record. The timberlands of those states were ideal for his work, the easy conditions being quite different from the harsh ones he had known in Maine and the other eastern states. In the first place, most of the land was so level that it was very easy to get the logs to the streams, and the trails were already so straight that there was but little work for Babe to do in straightening them. In fact, this new location was just about all that could be desired for logging on a tremendous scale, and Paul set to work with great enthusiasm. Paul had been accompanied westward, by most of the men who had been with him in Maine. There were the Seven Axemen, the Little Chore Boy, and Faithful Ollie, of course. Then, in addition, there were such famous loggers as Criss Cross Hall, Hard Jaw Murphy, Windy Knight, Red Nose Jack, and Blue Nose Matt. Shot Gunderson, Handy Hank, Brimstone Bill, and a whole host of others, mighty workers, every one of them, and all as proud as powder pigeons to be working for such a boss as Paul Bunyan. Both Babe and Willie, the big and little blue oxen, came along too, following close on their master's heels all the way, and carrying on their backs all the tools and supplies and other property that was to be used in the new camp. Some historians think that Paul also moved all of his camp buildings to the Dakotas, but that was probably done on one of his later moves, as the biggest building from his main camp would hardly have been big enough even for a tool house in his Red River camp after it got to going full blast. Paul left his old camp in Maine very early in the morning and so anxious was he to get located in his new camp that he hurried along at quite a fast pace so that he arrived on the banks of what was afterwards called the Red River along about sunset of that afternoon. Most of his men kept up with him pretty well but some of the stragglers didn't arrive until along sometime the next morning. Paul saw at once that he would be able to work very fast in clearing off this level land. These pines must be a new variety, he said to the big Swede. I have never seen anything like them before. Do you notice how none of them stand up straight? but all lean the same way? I think I'll give them the name of Leaning Pines and notify the tree experts back east so they can write about them in books. Indeed, there was something very peculiar about the big trees that covered the land so thickly, for they all leaned at just exactly the same angle toward the south. Ollie, however, shook his head over what Paul had said. I tank they bane ordinary white pines, he disagreed. I tank hogags make em lean that way. It so happened that this time Ollie was more right than Paul. For the leaning trees were not a new species at all. Their strange peculiarity had been caused as the big Swede suspected, by the hugag, a frightful-looking but entirely harmless animal, which was then to be found in great numbers in the Dakota woods. Thanks for joining us
0: today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing.